If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country, with a pedal to the metal, with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. All right, all right, all right. Sundays with Dr. Sean. ISIS is here. Hussein is absent. Who do you trust? It is important to understand that there is an agenda being pushed by the news media and by all media, for that matter, that our culture promotes. And folks, it isn't God's agenda. Just as applicable in regard to deception and bad sources of information, think about the clergy, and I say clergy with air quotes out there, dispensing their brand of recreating God and our own image, or should I say, their own image. I talked about this in last Monday's broadcast, which is free of charge for you to listen to. might be worth listening to before tomorrow's broadcast, which if you think today's is going to be fiery, wait till tomorrow. If we cannot trust the press, folks, and we cannot trust many of our pastors, who can you trust? Find out here tonight, right now. Also, at no additional cost or obligation to you, learn some basic things you can do, not if, but when, ISIS comes to your hometown. The time for rhetoric, for meaningless words, is no more. Action, decisive, effective action is what is needed now. But what to do, what to do. Share this with your friends. If you're on a home computer, you can just simply copy the link, send it to them. Uh, But if you're on a cell phone, hang with us. The archive will be available about three minutes following the end of the show. So tonight... uh, we continue. By the way, I want to uh, continue asking prayer for when is the 15th? Anybody here know when the 15th is? What name? Word? It's, oh, it's a week from Tuesday. Uh, I would love for you, and I know Chris and his whole family uh, are listening, and uh, Chris Cahalan, my good buddy from Minnesota, he uh, is scheduled for the 15th to have his uh, Whipple procedure done. And uh, they're doing a fundraiser, should be finishing up right about now or a little little bit ago uh, to raise money because he was the sole breadwinner uh, in his family. And, and uh, so the community has kind of converged around him. So I wish I could be there uh, there for his his uh, his procedure and, and a few days after. But um, 
doesn't look like it's going to happen. But the point is, is we need to pray for him, uh, pray for his family. He needs to get really good rest. We're really excited because he's gained back a lot of his weight that he lost. Uh, he's still undergoing tremendous chemo, but he really is a fighter. And, and if anybody can beat this, he can. Let me tell you, he is absolutely a warrior for God. And uh, he and I enjoy conversations sometimes in the middle of the night, but uh, we really enjoy our conversation about God. He really, uh, he really does a lot of thinking about God, the theology of God. So tonight we continue with our series on how the Christian prepares for what is to come. And I'm going to again quote Ephesians 6:12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. By the way, um, hi Gabby from You Know Who up in upstate New York. Um, special message just for you. The murderous rampage by the forces of evil. Let me, let me, I just better say this. And if this would be in small letters in really light print at the end of a commercial, uh, if this were a normal disclaimer, but it's my disclaimer, so I'll say it right up front. Tonight, you're going to hear things that are extraordinarily politically incorrect. You're going to hear what the left and, and unfortunately many in the pulpits of America in churches all across America will call uh, inflammatory and, and insightful. Not insightful as in thoughtful, but insightful as in inciting. Um, I'm here to tell you it, it is the opposite of that. It's finally and absolutely the truth. And if after what happened in San Bernardino, these are truths that you're still afraid to hear, then you're, on, you're in the wrong you're in the wrong ball game, and you're probably on the wrong team. Anyway, the murderous rampage by the forces of evil, which I refer to as Islam, in whatever form it takes, reared its head on our soil this week in San Bernardino. I told you two weeks ago, everybody, two weeks ago as we began this series that it would. By the way, last week, last Sunday, had the most number of downloads at 46,000, just over 46,000 downloads, 46,112 people. Um, ironically and sadly, uh, as some of you know, as I sent out a, a message, um, I have a friend that was actually killed, a listener to the show. Uh, he was actually killed, and his poor wife, his widow, was he's a Messianic Jew, and that's what he liked about this show. And uh, Nick, being a Messianic Jew, had very, very strong beliefs, but he's such a sweet and kind man. He's kind of a big lumbering guy. And he had heard me speak uh, a couple of times and just started following the show and our website and everything. And his wife was uh, really berated by CNN this week. And essentially, uh, the CNN reporter laid it at uh, his feet, the deceased's feet, as to why this happened. Because he witnessed to the man, Syed, uh, he witnessed to him. And the reporter said, well, don't you think that might have set him off? Isn't it something how Christians can invite people to the love of Christ? And we are the extremists. We are the haters. Islam, whatever form you want to call it, I don't, I don't care. If you're one of the Muslims that is, is not uh, eager to chop my head off uh, or shoot me or try to cut my neck, whatever, whatever it is, you know, you folks seem to love to do. Um, if you're not in that group, I'm lumping you in that group until you as a group 
gather up arms and fight your own people because that's what we have to do. We have to fight our own people because too many people in this country refuse to accept that Islam is the problem. Well, uh, my friend Nick was, was killed. He was, he was one of the 14 killed. Um, and then ironically, I just found out uh, the mother, and she has listened to the show, but the son Nick, uh, his mom was uh, severely injured, critically injured. She underwent a four-hour surgery, and it looks like she's going to be okay. She's in Loma Linda Hospital doing well, and I don't know if she's going to be able to listen or not. But So um, it, isn't it crazy? People say, well, that's out in California. That's out in California. What? It's not here, but it is here. It's absolutely here. And you know what, folks? It's coming closer and closer and closer all across America. I, I absolutely believe this. That this is not – I know I love to say this word. This is not hyperbole, folks, all across America, in every institution you can think of. There are Muslims waiting to act, just like this husband and wife team were waiting to act. So many people, well, I'll, I'll never get finished. We'll have to make this a two-hour show. But I told you two weeks ago, as we began this series, that this would happen. The Christian needs to understand and accept that this battle was foretold and that this war we are in is one of simply and only Good versus evil. This war is Christian versus Muslim. At the risk of escalating my already controversial reputation, I'm going to lump Satanists with Muslims. Why do I constantly talk about mental preparation as the first step of all steps of survival? And what I call thrival. Because before you can do something of value, you have to first think of the first thing to do. The mental preparedness I've been speaking of contains for Christians the responsibility to discern from Scripture some basic truths. And I have found this week in my conversations that many Christians have some very real stumbling blocks. And those stumbling blocks keep them from acting in the ways necessary to protect themselves and others, including the remains of this country. Actually, uh, myself and Chris, we had this conversation today, this morning, uh, early this morning, about different passages. We're going to talk about some of that. And he was saying, hey, we were in Bible study the other night, and, you know, we got in this discussion, but we couldn't find these verses. You know, can you help us with it? So tonight, in, in essence, is for all of America, but especially for Chris and his Bible study group. I'm going to going to go through a few of these verses, and it is my aim that having done so, we can move closer to the mindset of preparation and resolve that Ephesians 4.14 speaks of, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. As a Christian, it is acknowledged, acknowledged that we live in two worlds. We are in this world, but we're not of it. We have in our country a very real political battle. We have a president who is acting as a Trojan horse, as a Manchurian candidate, and we all know that gun control is not the answer. And we all know that the policies being implemented do not protect us on our own soil or internationally. Islam is the bully on the playground. How do you handle a bully? You go home and you tell your mom that you're being bullied at school and she says, laugh it off, give him your lunch money, feel sorry for him, etc., like Barack's policies. 
Of course, that's that fails if you go to your dad minus your lunch money and your self-respect, and he tells you that bullies are cowards, and you punch him right in the face hard, and it's done. Yeah, you might go to the principal's office, but you have handled your business. Barack has not handled our business. Why aren't the terrorist Muslims afraid of our response to their horrific videos of head-chopping and torture of U.S. citizens? Why don't we punch the bully? The liberals and some Christians will respond, Because we aren't animals. We aren't evil like they are. We don't want to sink to their level. Hmm. If that's the answer, then why do I get in trouble for calling them evil animals and subhuman? They've admitted my premise in their response. They've agreed with my terms. We don't even venture to offend them by putting a picture of their murderers on television because we respect their religion. I want to explain to my Christian friends that are being respectful and tolerant of Islam that you are in fact encouraging evil. Second John 1.10 warns of this. If someone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, the gospel, Christianity, don't welcome him into your home. Your home is both... I want you to understand that this is. there's two things at work here in this scripture. There's the figurative and there's the literal. When he says don't welcome him into your home, your home is both figurative and literal. Your home is also your mind. Remember, Hebrew, in Hebrew, man is nephesh. And what does nephesh mean? The being that prays. So you welcome them into where you pray, into your soul, into your mind. Don't even say shalom to him, for the person who says shalom to him shares in his evil deeds. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. Matthew 12:30 Whoever is not with me is against me anyone who isn't working for me is working against me there's no room for the christian to be tolerant in ways that allow and encourages the expansionist march of islam many want to condemn my approach on the grounds of a few verses a key stumbling block for many is Matthew 5:38 and 39 this is the way it reads you heard it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And you know, many of my well-meaning and loving Christian brothers and sisters are troubled by this verse because they want to do God's will. And they see this as his instruction to pacifism. And they apply it to international defense and to personal protection. This is a complex verse, and I don't want to make light of it or, or those that are holding it up as the answer. On the face of it, I think it's important to note that this is a verse about vengeance and retaliation for one's own real or perceived, perceived offenses against themselves by others. It is advice on responding to a personal attack, a personal offense. You've been slapped. You've had your eye jabbed. You. This should not be extrapolated to be advice on the coming Ar Armageddon of the end times. 
This isn't Jesus' advice on protecting your neighbor or making the world safe for widows and orphans. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, your adversary the devil prowls around like a lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are commanded as Christians, as followers of the way, as Messianic Jews, to resist. We are commanded to resist. Take, to take this verse as your only and exclusive directive in regard to the onslaught of Islamic Jihad will ruin us all. As an important aside, think about Israel. I want you to think about chosen people, the people of the land and the land of the people. God gave the Jewish people this land. He gave it to them especially for a purpose. He was specific about the boundaries. He did not want foreigners coming in and polluting their religious practices. He told them repeatedly to defend this land and to not give any of it away. He told them if they give away any part of it, they will be punished. He told them this repeatedly in Scripture. I want to direct you to uh, the ninjapastor.com iTunes, blogtalkradio.com, backslash the Ninja Pastor. I did a whole series for this Kehalaj. You will recall the cost to Israel and to the world for not doing what God says as it relates to the land of the people and the people of the land. Free of charge. It costs you nothing. God wants evil resisted, and when he blesses a people with land, he expects them to defend it. He helps them defend it. He expects them to defend it. He helps them to defend it. And God gave us, you and me, all of us here, except for, and I want to say hello to my friends in France, uh, ironically and oddly, our French audience, since this happened in Paris, uh, we had folks that listened uh, two weeks before they started listening, two weeks before the attack, and now that that group has grown. Uh, We had uh, 13 two weeks ago, and I didn't count how many, but it was well over 40 last week. I didn't look before I came on. How amazing. How amazing. Isn't it a shame what it takes for us to realize what's really going on? God gave us the United States, and I've spoken before what, about what a magnificent experiment this nation has been in founding a modern country on Judeo-Christian principles, a shining light in a dark world. How can we think God doesn't want us to defend it? How can we act like the Bible says not to? Many Christians today want to be associated with a Christianity that says nice and loving things. The inoffensive. The uncontroversial. The easy to say things. God is love. Turn the other cheek. And all of those things that are so much easier and more fun to say and make you seem like so much better of a Christian. Did you know that colleges in many denominations will tell you that the Bible is a living and beautiful document? You know, kind of like the Constitution, they say. And that the evolved thinking person of today must take the Bible as a whole and understand that it was written by simpler less educated, violent, and subsistence-living illiterates who also thought the earth was flat. 
As such, you know what? We have the pick-and-choose Christianity in which we're all individually, we all individually feel we're best qualified to decide what parts of the Scripture God meant and what parts He didn't. I'm here to tell you, Muslims, folks, they don't feel this way. They take their doctrine quite literally. In a strap-your-bomb-to-your-chest-and-hand-your-baby-to-grandma kind of way. Ironically, their air quotes, holy books do change, but the commitment to evil and world world domination remain constant. Folks, here and all around the world, this is the final battle. This is the final battle, and God, the Judeo-Christian, one true God, just to be clear, which God I'm speaking of, in the final battle, God wins. But there is a fight, and there is resistance. To cling to Matthew 5.38-39 through 39 exclusively puts you in a wrong and confused mindset. I hope tonight helps you. I'm going to talk about mental preparation, and first let me address the controversy over what I said in social media about the alleged disrespect to Islam to show the Islamic murderer Tashfeen Malik's face in the press because she normally wore a full hijab and didn't normally show her face. And the controversy over my my comments regarding Saeed Farouk and the Muslim piece of evil being shown dead, bullet-riddled in a pool of his own blood. Many in America are crying foul and saying, I'm insensitive, intolerant, and disrespectful of another person's religion. If you heard Loretta Lynch, the Attorney General for the United States, and Hussein Obama's highest law enforcement officer, I might just get arrested for reminding you that full adherence and respect was given to the alleged Osama bin Laden body after he was taken by Devgru. It didn't change Islam's obsession to kill us did it. No photos of his bullet-riddled body were circulated around the world. We wanted to show our tolerance and respect for peaceful Islam, and we didn't want to incite violence from those otherwise peaceful religious zealots who are much like Christian zealots or extremists. UBL, or Osama bin Laden, was instead, at the direction of Barack Hussein Obama, buried at sea with full Muslim honors. This didn't change Islam's obsession to kill us. I ask you, the people that celebrate every infidel death from 9-11 till now, folks, you know, uh, I'm not pulling for Trump, but if Trump is our nominee, I will fight for him. Um, I would, you guys all know I'm clearly and obviously a cruise man. Um, I am a cruise missile. I, I want him And he is the man for the job. But, folks, let me tell you, if for whatever reason uh, Donald Trump is the guy, this crap about staying home, and I'm going to vote on principle, you're going to vote Hillary Clinton into office. And if you think Barack Hussein Obama was bad, you wait till this murdering, lying, conniving, evil woman sits behind the desk in the Oval Office, the desk resolute. If you think Obama putting his feet up on that century-old desk was disrespectful, wait till you see what she does to the office. I ask you, the people that celebrate every infidel death from 9-11 till now, they revel in chopped-off infidel heads. Folks, have you ever seen anyone other than a Muslim 
Anyone other than a Muslim carrying around the head that's not attached to a body? Every time a chopped-off infidel head or a blown-up body of a Jew or a Christian is shown, they, they, they squeal with delight, respecting their Quran and not showing their vile and heinous acts doesn't change them or even impact them. In fact, they laugh at our weakness. It doesn't change Islam's obsession to kill us. How soft are we, America? How soft are we, church? How soft are we, Christian schools? How soft are we, Christian colleges, except for one, Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia? The president uh, of Liberty University came out at uh, convocation and said, we're going to teach our young men and women, our champions for Christ, we're going to teach them, we're going to give a free class on concealed carry, how to safely and properly obtain skillet arms, free of charge. And then anyone that wants to pass the test and, and carry concealed on campus may do so. I have a news flash for you. My son has been trained. He'll be one of them. But how soft are we, church? How soft are we, America? The biggest part of surviving the coming rivers of blood Islam has promised us is adaptation to reality and toughening up, getting some grit in you. I'm going to tell you this. People gave me a lot of grief for posting so many pictures of, of the two murdering Muslims, of them face down in a pool of blood. Would you rather like to see the 14 people murdered as they were at a Christmas party. Most of those same people, just a short while ago, gave a baby shower for those two same murderers' baby. Recognizing this, listen, let me, let me say this to you. I, I didn't want to say this, but I'm, I'm absolutely moved and compelled to say it for whatever ramifications this causes. I, I can't tell you how often I get letters, I get emails, I get uh, messages, uh, all of these things, get all these things from people saying, you know, but I work with Muslims who are nice. How about the landlord? How about the landlord? Did you guys see this? And first of all, as an ex-police officer, I can't imagine how they turned over that scene so quickly and allowed the, na the, the, the international press to rummage through that place is absolutely egregious. And it tells me that Barack Hussein Obama's FBI was instructed pollute the scene, taint the scene, so that any future prosecutions can be tainted and ruined. But recognize this. The landlord said when he was interviewed, I can't believe this was them. I can't believe this was them. Other friends and other coworkers that did survive but were shot said, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I couldn't believe he was shooting us. And I couldn't understand why. And as they stood there, not being able to understand why, because they lacked mental toughness and mental preparation, they were shot and they very nearly died. Recognizing this Hussein Obama administration is not on our side. The Hussein Obama administration doesn't seem like they're for America and because, in truth, you need to realize, and I think most of you, here with us live and all around the world, most of you truly know that he doesn't seem like he's here for America because he's not. It seems like he's the enemy 
because he is. The Obama, the Hussein Obama administration is absolutely our enemy. And they've set about destroying us. And I've got a news flash for everyone here and around the world. That began. Things were being set in place 2008. Hussein Obama commits treason daily. Daily. And we in America sit idly by with our hands politely folded like kindergartners in prayer, praying for our leader as though he is not the enemy behind our gates, as though evil is not within our midst. And you know what? The news media is complicit. I get asked this all the time. Sean, what news sources do you use? What do you think? Who do you think is telling the truth? What religious sources are trustworthy? Really what they're asking me is, hey, Ninja Pastor, who do you trust? And who can I trust? The Bible speaks of the coming deception that will pervade society. This deception and iniquity will be a blanket of deception. You see what the power behind the press wants you to see. Their agenda drives the news, the film, the photographs, the interviews, and the air quotes evidence. By that I mean deception will be in all aspects of our lives and culture. There was once a time when we could turn on our television and watch the news with a sense of trust that Walter Cronkite, how many here remember him? That he was going to tell us, that Cronkite was going to tell us the way things really are. And that the press were the good guys uncovering the dirt and protecting the little guy. Here's a sad but true fact. Walter Cronkite was a raging liberal. But he was adept at hiding that fact from the American public. But there was a time when at least in perception, journalists and the press were our source for truth. So much so that we have special protections for journalists and the press. Ladies and gentlemen, this is no longer true. We must exercise discretion and discernment in where we get our information. There was a time when you could go to your doctor and trust that your health was his top priority. Now you must understand that the government is keeping track of your medical records. The HMO your doctor works for is dictating how much time he spends with you in America. The average is 37 seconds per patient. The pharmaceutical companies that paid for his last vacation, they're influencing the drugs that you are prescribed. Whether your insurance will pay dictates the course of treatment you will be offered. All of this is contrary to what you want to believe. Even your financial advisor is not thinking of your best interests. Even many of your child's school teachers are no longer exclusively interested in or responsible for teaching your child the necessary educational basics that you want him to. There was a time when you could trust, but that time is gone. This is terrifying, and many will choose not to take responsibility. They'll choose to continue in the deception that we are being taken care of, that someone out there is looking out for us, that the government is looking out for us, that the local police department is looking out for us, that the state police is looking out for us, that the, the military all around the world is looking out for us, but we've hamstrung them. We need trustworthy news sources and criteria to use in determining what is true and what is accurate and what is not. But what is trustworthy? Who is trustworthy? It's important to understand that there is an agenda being pushed by the news media and by all media that our culture promotes, and it is not God's agenda. Just as applicable in regard to deception and bad source of information, think about the clergy. 
I just mentioned it just a while ago. We're recreating God in our own image. Can you talk about that? Nowadays, you can't. Because if you bring that up in a church, well, you're a hater. You're not a a love person. You're a hate person. Here's what you have to do. You have to know God's Word personally and accurately as a means of protection from deception. Folks, if you don't know the Word, you can be easily deceived. Religious leaders and pastors will deceive and be deceived themselves. Remember the Scripture warning, the devil and demons will do wondrous things. You can't look at a ministry and say, wow, they have 26,000 people coming every single Sunday. They must really be successful. Can't look at the finery of clothes and go, well, that person's wearing a $3,000 suit. He must really be working for God. God has really blessed. Look at the fruit of his ministry. You can't just look at that. Because the devil and demons will do wondrous things. As parents, I think that it's important at this point in human history to truly explain to our youth that this agenda, that the culture itself promotes evil. The why and the how. But you've got to talk to your kids about the why and the how of evil. It has been a common complaint for generations that the parents tell the children, well, in my day, we didn't listen to music like that. And they wag their finger and they roll their eyes. It's the lyrics from the devil-worshipping band. Remember I told you uh, last Monday or Monday before, I read you the lyrics that were being played at the Bataclan when, when that all happened. Were you appalled? Were you shocked by what was being sung? And amazingly, the shooting took place then. If you listen to the recording, you hear those lyrics being sung as the shooting began. So as the lyrics from the devil-worshipping band played at the Paris concert, they illustrate that we're not talking about Elvis Presley here, shaking his hips a little bit here and there. Uh (laughs) Satanism, I didn't shake my hips, though. For the radio audience, I did not shake my hips. Mostly because, thank you. Thank you very much. Satanism and the goals that Satan has are real. Demonic activity and the ways to invite it into your life are real. And you might not even know it. You know, many parents tell their children to not engage in various things, but they don't tell them why. We spend time telling our children that the boogeyman and ghosts aren't real, when sadly there is a supernatural and demon, and they are real. The contradiction is obvious to young people. Uh, You know, you guys that know me know I'm I'm not a Halloween guy. I don't observe it. I don't. I do all I can to avoid. Any involvement with Halloween. But you know what, the kids, it's is this stuff fun and scary? That's what they see it as. It's fun scary. Are the words idle or are they real? Is there witchcraft? Does it work? God put a desire for the supernatural in us so that we would seek him. Satan takes what is good and he twists it. Young people get a false experience But in a hungry, spiritually hungry world, it is an experience. Do you think I'm exaggerating? When my little girl, she's not a little girl anymore, was in grade school, I went to the Toys R Us and walked down the board games aisle. And do you know what I saw in the board games aisle of Toys R Us? Ouija boards. Not just one as a novelty. They had pink ones for girls, and some had Pokemon themes. They had 
basic wood with black. Explain this to me if we aren't really dealing with demons and Satan. Some kid gets a Ouija board under a Christmas tree on Christmas. And when a parent says, don't play with it, and the explanation is not realistic, then that kid will play with it at the slumber party of the weirdos next door who bought it for their kid. A science learning toy store offers genuine Egyptian god replicas for your child to play with and display in their bedroom. Teraphim, anyone? Now I want to share with you some practical advice on what you should be preparing to do when a Paris-like situation occurs here. Brent Wheat wrote most of this, and I kind of took from it. Um, he really did a great job on this in bearing arms. But in light of uh, Friday's terrorist attacks, it seems only a matter of time before similar incidents occur in the United States. So here's a list. Here's a list of what you first have to do. You've got to realize it's going to happen here. It's not if. It's not if. People said that won't happen in America, but it did, didn't it? On, in 1993, the World Trade Towers were hit. And guess what? President Bill Clinton didn't do anything. And they said, we'll be back. And they were. Realize, folks, that it's not just New York City. San Bernardino is a practically bankrupt city. It happened there. Over 300 police officers from all kinds of different, 386 total police officers from all over California responded to an already strapped terrorism. Two people carried out that act and cost hundreds of millions of dollars. This is not a paranoid statement. You have to realize that and accept that as a, as a thinking human being. It will happen here. It is a simple, unpleasant fact based upon intelligence gathering efforts, expert opinion, and common sense. At some point, there will be a coordinated Paris, San Bernardino, New York City, and whatever hometown you're coming from. They'll be in a school, you know, the gun-free zones. They'll be in a shopping mall, you know, the gun-free zones. It'll be at a sporting event, you know, where you're not allowed to have guns or other mass gathering areas where you're not allowed to carry your gun. And don't think it would only happen in New York, Chicago, or Los Angeles, because let me tell you what, what better to create fear than to be in Mississippi at a high school football game and blow up half the stands? And yet the administration of that school would be very quick to run out and say, hey, we don't know. Uh, yes, they were yelling, Alu Akbar, we think, some people said, but we don't know if this was some sort of Islamic terrorist attack from crazy people that do not. Why? Do, why let me ask you something. Why do Christians all across this country, I'm going to do air quotes, <clears throat> air quotes, big, fat, uh, really bold, colored in red and blinking in red and yellow air quotes. Why do Christians constantly want to defend a religion they know nothing about? You see, Islam is no more a religion than I am Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's a cult. It is a worldview. It is a demonic obsession with death. Number two, always carry a concealed firearm where legal. Folks, Liberty University, as I mentioned in our opening monologue, Liberty University is taking action. I think they should be applauded. People say that 
uh, Jerry Falwell uh, Jr. was he he was committing uh, he was committing an incite inciting violence, and he was come on. What are you, you going to do? You're just going to hand out guns? The left, this is what they say. We're just going to hand out guns to the kids? They're just kids. Really? They're just kids? Because you know what? At 16 years old, I could sign up for the military. At 17 years old, I turned 17 in boot camp. Or just after boot camp. We got soldiers all across our country at 18 years old that are serving our country. Take a walk through Section 60 at Arlington National Cemetery, and you'll see plenty of young men and women who didn't get past 18 years old but were old enough to serve. Don't tell me that certain people cannot be trusted to gain comfort and skill at arms. So I say always carry a concealed firearm where legal. Look, it's a lifestyle habit. I'm excited to say if you look around our Kehala, you're going to see a whole lot of folks Packing a whole lot of iron. And let me tell you what, it ain't just the boys, because the girls carry too. You don't carry when you think something's going to happen. That's just like running out and buying fire insurance when you smell the smoke. You don't know when it's going to happen. You have to prepare all the time. Train for comfort and skill at arms. Did you know that a concealed firearm in the hands of a responsible and trained individual is statistically one of the best tools available to stop mass killings. Let me say this, and I mean this. I absolutely mean this. I know 10 females right now who carry, who that fella, unless they were the first ones to get shot in San Bernardino County, maybe one or two would have died. But all those people, 70-some wounded, now, there have been some headshots happening. But do you ever wonder, what would happen to me if I fire, if I react, if I hear the gunshots and I take down somebody? In France, three Americans were hailed as heroes as they wrestled a rifle-wielding Islamic terrorist and held him until he could be taken away by the police before the American president even recognized that it happened France President Hollande had already issued their highest medal to those three young men what would happen if that happened here in this country that's why I say this is not a commercial for second call defense but if you want to learn about second call defense Go to the ninjapastor.com, click on the link. You need to learn that we have allowed our elected officials to strip us bit by bit of our constitutional right. Number three, improvised weapons are within reach. You've got to realize, you've got to look around, almost make it like a game. Look around you and realize that almost anything can be turned into a weapon. In my old business, we called it tradecraft. You look around, you see what can be used. You look around to see what, what, what presents a reflection that I can see the door. If I can't position myself necessarily to look at the door, I'm going to position myself where I can see a reflection. What can I use to improve my early warning system? Whenever you're unarmed in public, make it a habit 
to know what would make a good weapon if it all goes bad. I should say, when it all goes bad. Know where the exits are located. Listen, folks, that's the number one thing. When you walk into a place, know how you can get out. Do you know that many of the people that were killed at the Bataclan were killed by people stampeding to try to get away from the gunshots? Did you know that? You have to know where the exits are. You have to know how to get to them. You have to know how to position yourself so that you can have the best chance of survival when something bad goes down. Number five, you've got to act decisively. You cannot, folks, you cannot be pensive. You cannot wonder, well, is this really happening? What did many of the people say in the interviews on Friday? They said, I thought it might be fireworks that I was hearing. I want you to think about it. It ain't July 4th. It isn't January 1st. And it wasn't dark out. But they thought it was fireworks. This, my friends, is a society of wimpy people who they say, ooh, guns scare me. Folks, if you think you hear gunshots, you probably are. The immediate action drill during an attack is either fight or flee. Don't mill around. Don't wait for instruction. Don't wait to gain a better idea of what's happening. I've trained my family and countless other people professionally all across the country. When something goes down, get out. Find a way to get out. Know the way out first. Position yourself so that you can, and then flee the area. To ponder is to perish. Be alert to people and unusual circumstances. People say, well, I just like to take people as they are. I, I love people, all people. I don't care what kind of, what they wear, where, you know, they come from. That don't matter to me. I don't care what kind of hat or scarf they wear over their face. I just love everybody, just like Jesus said. You had better be alert to unusual circumstances. And people, think about this. Think about how far those two murdering Muslims had to go into that building to get to that party to start spraying the room with bullets. I posted a picture I did uh, for a while. I wrote for another blog, and there's links to this on my uh, blog section of the ninjapastor.com, uh, where I talked about the guy who went in with a sword to a place, and these two 14-year-old girls posed for a picture, it was on Halloween, posed for a picture with him. He went in and slashed a bunch of people and killed a bunch of people in the United States. And I posted pictures of that. He had the sword in his hand, dripping with blood. These girls thought that he was some sort of Halloween costume, and they stood with him, not knowing that he had just murdered people. You can't assume that it's a prop. You can't assume that you're safe. Most folks wouldn't see a large pink gorilla wandering down the hallway and certainly won't see a suspicious individual fiddling with wires under a long trench coat on a hot day. You don't have to glare at every single passerby, but simply maintain a loose focus for unusual patterns of activity within your own surroundings. This is also known as maintaining condition yellow. Here's number seven. If you see something, say something. I want to say this. 
and I, and I don't want to throw rocks at the people who said this on national news, but they said, yeah, I saw them. I saw the crazy stuff going on in their garage, the packages. They would get 20 or 30 packages in a day. I saw all this stuff going on and all these things happening. And I kept thinking, something weird going on here. Well, why didn't you say anything? Well, I didn't want to profile. Literally, one of the people said that. I didn't want to profile. What if they'd have said something to the police and the police would have maybe sat on the house and and, uh, watched the goings-on? What if they'd investigate a little bit further? I'm going to say this really quick. I didn't want to say it, but I have to because I'm compelled and I can't stop myself. Ladies and gentlemen, here and all around the world, but mostly here in the United States, because you know what? In Europe, they're learning this the hard way. Your president, Barack Hussein Obama, says that he's going to make sure every one of these, air quotes, refugees are vetted. Did you know the Sarnayev brothers were vetted? Did you know that the woman who is considered to be uh, the real guts behind this event in San San Bernardino, she was vetted. Feel safer? You shouldn't. People say, well, are you really an anti-government? Are you some sort of anti-government preacher? No, I'm not anti-government. I'm anti-bad government. You know what kind of government I'm anti I'm anti a government run by Hussein Obama and people behind the scenes that are far worse than him that want to ruin this country, that their whole life has been dedicated to getting themselves at some point or another in a position to ruin this country. If you see something, say something. Police officers everywhere have stories of witnesses who said after crime, wasn't sure what was going on, I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. If you see... People or objects that look suspicious notify the authorities. There's no punishment for being mistaken, but there are huge consequences to being correct and not sharing the information. Now, let me say this. I, I want to I adjust that statement just a little bit because Loretta Lynch, Barack Hussein Obama's attorney general, handpicked attorney general, who our Congress allowed to be confirmed, has said she's going to now investigate Ahmed Clockboy, you know, the kid who disassembled a a $9 clock and then glued it to a a suitcase. $15 family suing for. She's now investigating that arrest. She said to the whole world, hey, you know what? We're going to be really alert for anti-anti-Muslim rhetoric, and we will look into every bit of it. I'm wondering when the knock is going to come at my door. There's one more bomb, attack or assailant. Never believe because you see one shooting that there aren't others. Recognize that they don't generally act alone. It's a rarity. It's a rarity. Experience has shown that attackers are increasingly planning not only their initial assault, but also follow-up actions such as secondary or even tertiary explosives and attackers. Such actions not only increase the shock and awe of the incident, 
but also cause additional carnage and damage the emergency response system. You need to understand, a lot of people sent me a lot of messages this week and said, why are the police taking such a long time? Why are they taking such a long time? Um, I want to say something that I don't want to be misconstrued as in any way not supportive of police. I was one. I have countless friends who are either still police officers or retired, and it is a ridiculously difficult job. But political correctness, in in my view, has made the job of being a police officer a thousand times more dangerous. And you know what else? Police officers very rarely now will rush into a situation. What will they do? They'll wait for the big reinforcements. They'll establish a perimeter. They'll get behind big bulletproof things attached to the end of a crane, and they'll go very slowly. Why are they doing that? They're doing that not just because they're afraid, but because we know that Islamic terrorists plant additional bombs. They booby-trap their homes. They booby-trap their own bodies. And there's often secondary or third explosions. And so they're trying to protect against that. You also need to have a basic understanding of trauma and medical care. Look, if a bombing happens around you, you need to know what to do. You need to know how to stop bleeding. Folks, if you've never seen a body blown apart, if you've never seen somebody missing an arm but standing there talking to you, I have. It ain't easy. You can't crumble. You can't grab your head and go, oh, my God, 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 your arm is gone, your arm is gone, your arm is gone, you're squirting blood out. No, you have to react quickly because you have about two minutes before that person dies. You've got to know what to do. That's easy, folks. We have this thing called the Internet. It's free. You go on and you search some YouTubes and you find out how to do it. Or maybe you even take a course. Invest in it. Several of the people that died in the Boston bombing died because they did not receive immediate, skilled trauma care. Did you know that? They died survivable wounds, of survivable wounds. Yet there were thousands of police officers all up and down that route. But the civilians who were there, the ones just outside the perimeter that were injured, and some that were hurt in a minor way, were in such shock. What did they do? They couldn't believe what they saw. Trust your intuition. If something feels dangerous or it makes you uneasy, trust your inner voice. Could very well be God saying, the enemy is here. Sound crazy to you? God whispers to us, And he says, there is evil among you. Listen to that voice. This inner dialogue, you know, it could be wrong. But then again, you may have subconsciously or spiritually or supernaturally picked up on subtle environmental clues that you can't quite put your finger on. But they're real. At the very least, move to a safer location. Maybe you'll escape the kill zone. This is number 11. It's free of charge or no cost or obligation to you, uh, so you get this for nothing. It is not hyperbole to state that we are all now terrorism first responders because of the, uh, and this is the avowed goal. Make no mistake about it, folks. Please understand that I, I mean this with all my heart and soul. 
Islam's goal is your total and complete uh, destruction. They hate you with everything that they are. You need to understand they're teaching their little bitty kids, their toddlers in school, how to cut off heads, how to strap bombs to themselves, how to kill as many people as they can for Islam. You need to understand the avowed goal of Daesh and other such groups is to bring death and destruction to Main Street United States. However, with planning and preparation, individual citizens can sometimes prevent, often shorten, and effectively respond to mass killing incidents. The terrorists are ready. Next week and on tomorrow, I'm going to give you so many scriptures that you just won't know what to do. So tomorrow's broadcast, have your pen and your paper ready. Have your Bible ready. If you're driving, please don't have your Bible ready. Some guy sent me a message. He's driving down the road, and he's like, I'm looking up this verse, and I'm like, dude, put your phone down and drive. But tomorrow, Monday show, 4 o'clock to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this same place, you're going to hear from an actual scriptural standpoint, what are we to do? When is it right to fight? And it's going to blow your mind. Honest to goodness, it's going to blow your mind. I hope this has been a benefit to you. I hope that um, it causes you to think and realize that that pause, that political correctness, folks, is not for nothing. It is not for nothing that the powers that be, the left, those that truly hate America, want you to pause just a moment for political correctness. They want you to not profile. They want you to go, hmm, is having a gun really something I should do? Should I really say something to somebody? Well, might not be a bad guy. If you wait for the shooting, if you wait for the explosion, it's going to be too late. Join us next time for Sundays with Dr. Shaw. And please follow this show and the Collision of Faith and Politics radio show during the week at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash The Ninja Pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio. And check out all the free messages, archive shows, and buy Dr. Sean's critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, at www.drshawngreener.com. Join us during the week. And in the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining us in this fight.